0: And welcome to Setting the scene. I'm Ben. I'm Doug. I'm Elijah. And well, Tristan's not here this week. Boo. Because he's a loser and didn't want to watch loser. a great movie with us. Hey, Doug, what did we watch? <laughs> <laughs> what, um, what is
1: this great movie I alluded to? Uh, Yeah, y'all. So, uh, so this week we watched the uh, 2019 smash hit Parasite, uh, directed by Bong Joon-ho. Uh, so I'm going to go on and preface this by saying, I'm not going to try to say a lot of these names we all. But speak I'm
2: Korean fluently, is what we're going to preface this with.
0: <laughs>
1: so, I'm going to butcher these names, and I'm very sorry uh, for that. Um, so, okay, so this movie stars Soon Kyun Lee, uh, Yo Jung Jo, um, uh, Woo Sik Choi, uh, Kong Ho Song. I'm sorry, I was trying to get his last name, it wasn't on the page. Um, and various others, really just stellar uh, Korean actors and actresses. I know I only listed four, and that's 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 all that I'm going to list because, yeah, um, don't want to destroy uh, the pronunciations any more than I already did. Too late for that. Go dine whole, Ben. Um, uh, but, uh, but, yeah, so this movie was made on a budget of $11.4 million dollars. Uh, grossed $53.3 million uh, in the U.S. and $257.5 million worldwide. Um, So yeah, it it made it. I would
0: say it was mildly successful. It made
1: its budget back. uh, Won a total of four Oscars. Won Best, Most, Best Motion Picture, Best Achievement in Directing, Best Original Screenplay, and Best International Film, uh, as well as being nominated for uh, Best Achievement in Production Design, and Best Achievement in Film Editing. So we actually were wrong. Okay, so it wasn't nominated for Best Cinematography. Oh. Um, Or it didn't win Best Cinematography. But, uh, But yeah, I mean, this movie... Took Took the world by storm, basically. Um, holds an 8.6 out of 10 on IMDb, a 96 on Metacritic, uh, and it holds a 99% on Rotten Tomatoes, and a 90% on Google. So Google's kind of lowballing this movie.
0: That's interesting. I mean, didn't IMDb kind of lowball it, too, with like an 8 point something?
1: Yeah, but because uh, the 8.6... IMDb um, is purely, I think, purely like uh, user-based, mm-hmm. um, and 8.6 is closer to the audience score of this movie on Rotten Tomatoes, which is a 90%. Gotcha. So I guess really no one's lowballing it. It just depends who you're getting your reviews from. Well, I,
0: I do know that uh, for a little while it kind of became popular to think that Parasite was overrated uh, for a little while.
1: You're telling me that liking a very well made independent film from a foreign country um from a from a country other than america um in which you have to read subtitles you're telling me that people would say that that's overrated
0: Why? Well, yes yes i am
1: mm, man sounds shocking. like people didn't want to try <laughs> shocking but uh but no i mean this this movie like took the world by storm
0: and then uh the director bong uh bong jun ho Took the world by storm at the Oscars. It was great. Like
1: okay, real quick, y'all just got y'all just got to know. I feel like there has to be a compilation online of all of Bong Joon Ho's acceptance speeches. Because it's amazing to watch. Because the first Oscar he wins, he's just like, thank you very much. I'm going to go drink. Uh, I'm pretty sure he says, I'm going to go drink heavily. Second Oscar he wins, I'm going to go drink all the booze. Um, Third speech, I think he says, I'm going to go drink until I can't drink anymore. And then the fourth one, he doesn't bring it up. And I was a little disappointed. Well,
2: I mean where do you go from there right i i (laughs) I
0: don't feel like he could top himself i feel like the i
1: feel like the next one is uh i'm going to go drink until i go missing don't look for me because odds are i'm going to try to drink some more until i actually get amnesia make another movie win all these oscars again then drink again and we repeat the cycle so what's your experience with this movie (laughs)
0: Well, I think of the three of us. I was actually the only one who had seen this coming in. Shocking weird. <laughs>
1: Shockingly that was the state that we found ourselves yeah, that, that's in That's this recording.
0: Uh but yeah, I went and saw this uh I want to say shortly before the Oscars, uh me and a group of people uh went to go see the movie and I was immediately blown away um just from everything. <laughs> Like, the plot, the way it was shot, just literally every single thing about this movie, I just loved.
1: I'm not trying to uh, put your calendar in your It might have
0: been briefly after the Oscars. Um,
1: No, what I think it was is I think you actually saw this the same weekend that you and I saw 1917, because I think you saw 1917 after this, and, like, you... And like you came up to me uh, during the 1917 screen, you were like, yeah, it was good. I don't think it's going to be Parasite, but it was good.
0: I mean, I think I just said that anyway, because of how much uh, praise Parasite was getting. I don't know, Ben. I I don't know. I I saw uh, a lot of movies around uh, the Oscars, and for once, I actually saw a lot of the movies that got uh, nominated for Best Picture.
1: Yeah, and then movie theaters just disappeared. Wow.
0: Uh, I actually have another
2: experience with this movie that I didn't didn't mention to you guys before. But one day, while I was here in this very building, I walked out of my room to find our very own Tristan Webb, who's not here with us today, was sitting on this couch where Ben and I are sitting for this recording. And he was chilling with my roommate and another mutual friend of ours. And they were just sitting around watching this movie. And it was this scene with the flood of sewage water. Mm. That was what I walked in on. Mm. And I was like, what? are y'all doing and then when I learned what they were doing I was like why wasn't I invited except actually I was too, I was busy and they knew that gotcha.
1: <laughs> can can I can I take a guess at what at what Tristan's response was to it was to that scene
2: I'm not sure what his response
1: was well I mean you know but I'm take, just, a guess. I'm just gonna take a guess give me
2: your Tristan impression
1: oh I, I don't I don't like that <laughs> Yeah, that's that's, it. Uh, that's that's unsanitary. That was it. <laughs> not not not
2: a fan. Not a fan of that. I didn't see his reaction, but that was his reaction.
0: Yep, I mean that is officially what happened. Now, even if Tristan did something completely different, that that is now what happened. As far as I'm concerned, he'll hear this and go, "Yeah, yep." His uh, memories yeah. will be wiped. Uh, yeah. Doug, do you have any other experiences with this film?
1: I do not. Um, other than you know, I've I've talked about it on on uh, tea with Doug G. I've talked about it. With, you know, pretty much if I ever bring up how great A24 is, I bring it up even though I don't think A24 uh, uh, distributed this. They did not. Yeah. It just
2: feels like it would be one of theirs. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, no, I think what it is 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 I'll talk about like A24, which will lead me into a discussion of independent films, and then that leads me into this.
2: Gotcha.
1: Okay. Gotcha. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, no, this is the first time I ever watched it, um. I've tried to watch it a couple times before. And I've told Ben this before that there have been like two or three times that I've tried to watch this movie before. And every time I try to watch it, I'm just like, nope, I'm not there mentally. I'm yeah. I'm not I'm not in it yet. Is it because of the sewer water? And no, it's just like within the it's it's the same thing. Within the first five minutes of this movie, every single time I know instantly whether or not I'm like mentally here for it. And I'm not gonna lie, watching it today, because I Obviously watched it today, um, but I watched it separate from y'all. um Those first five minutes, I was like, "Dang it! I don't think I'm here mentally," but I have to watch it because I have to review it tonight. Blood, um, sweat, and tears out here on Sinead's uh, team. Uh, I slowly got into it, um and I think around like the thirty minute mark, uh right about the time that like the plan started to be laid out for like what was gonna happen before you know they were like no we're gonna take a detour um right about the 30 minute mark i was like okay all right i'm i'm in we're good we're good i feel
0: like you run into that problem a lot like you personally like you try to watch something and then you're just not in the right you know uh, mental capacity to fully like throw yourself into it because you're asleep right
1: (laughs) I would take offense to that, but I w- but I did fall asleep a couple times uh, while trying to watch this movie. I started over every single time though, because I was, I only got like five or six minutes. In each I was about time. to say, I
0: hope you didn't like make it like an hour and a half into this movie fall asleep.
1: Well, got to start it over now. Nah, so not nah, because at that point I would have just
2: been like, yeah, yeah, Parasite, it's great. I would pulled an Eldorado. you know if you sleep through certain parts of this movie you'll wake up thinking it's a different korean film that you're watching now uh huh. uh, that has the same actors in it but the plot is just totally different (laughs) yeah this this, movie's pretty bonkers it's all over the place in a good way yeah yeah i was about to say in a very good way the movie uh is mostly centered on two families there's the kim family uh who are very poor and it's a it's a mom, dad, a son, and a daughter. And they're very poor and they live in a semi-basement apartment, a half-basement apartment. I didn't know that was a thing, but uh, apparently that's uh, a thing that it's a lot of low-income families in Korea have houses like this.
1: I don't think it's just Korea. I think it's, I mean, I know it's in Korea. I know that, I think that it's also fairly prevalent in like, uh, I think it's prevalent in China and Thailand as well. Okay. Um, And I feel like it might be prevalent in India, but nobody quote me on that because I'm not 100% sure. But I know that this exists other places. And similar types of housing exist in Brazil, although it's not sub-basements. I think in Brazil, I think they just keep building on top of
2: whatever they... We could ask my roommate. (laughs) Oh, yeah, we could actually. Anyway, Um, uh, so they... uh, yeah, here in the United States, we have we have different situations when when we're <laughs> when we're poor. Uh, we've got certain types of housing that we live into that uh, mm-hmm. that plenty of movies have been made or made about. A lot of those movies have tornadoes. This one has a flood of sewer water. I can't get over that scene. I'm not gonna <laughs> lie. When you were setting up that thing about like uh, we in
1: the U.S. have different kinds of low income housing, uh, and lots of movies were have been made in there i didn't know where you were going with that and oh. then you went tornadoes. i was like okay we're going trailer parks yeah that's what i was <laughs> so thinking. we're not doing we're not going like governmental house like no governmental no house i was like, talking
2: about like a house on cinder blocks
1: i was like i was like i mean Candyman was made uh around like uh great or uh, greeny acres um i'm pretty sure i just butchered the name of that because i don't think that's the actual name um are like the first purge is based around like this like sub about this like sublease settlement, uh in a, in Staten Island and I was like okay I don't really know what side he's going for on
2: this but okay I haven't seen any of the movies you just listed okay well good <laughs> anyway deal. um so the there's also the very very wealthy Park family mm-hmm. and the Kim family manages to get in with them a little bit at a time. Through fraud, (laughs) to fake their way into jobs around their house to make money. Mm -hmm. So that's where the plot gets going at the beginning.
1: To be fair, though, I mean, is it really fraud? Because the uh, because Mrs. Park by definition, yes. Yeah, okay, I get that. But like, Mrs. Park says at the very beginning, uh, when uh, when the son, um, I'm sorry, I can't remember his name. when when the son like goes for his interview to like become uh to become the park's daughter to tu- daughter's tutor. Uh um, ki-woo. kiwoo, uh when uh when he goes for his interview, um he tries to hand her like his like transcript or his resume and she's like, I don't really care about
2: papers. Like, I mean, can you do the
1: job or not? So I mean <laughs> Well, is it, is it right.
0: really fraud? We've got a
2: tree falling in the forest situation. Like, if I tell you a lie and
0: your ears are plugged, I
2: think I still told a lie.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, even if they didn't really care, it is still fraud, and that's why they still get arrested at the end. That, or they also,
1: like, you know... They were involved in a pretty... <laughs> they were involved in a pretty heavy crime. There was trespassing. Um, I mean, they could just be arrested for trespassing. I mean, I mean to be fair, like, they... Uh, to be fair, they uh, they did get just probation. Okay, also, I'm really sorry not to get into the legality of, of this situation. Probably too late, uh, we're here. But, you know, um, fraud is very much so, uh, I think, what... I think, what could be considered a, a white-collar crime. So, you know, it's one of those crimes that affects, like, more like the upper class uh, of society, more wealthy individuals. Um, you hear a lot more about people doing, like, fraud, insider trading, things like that. Um, whereas trespassing, it, it kind of has a... It kind of is a classless crime, although it does kind of skew more towards, like, the lower class. Um, so... I mean it's funny that this very lower class family uh gets struck get struck with a white collar crime, which notoriously have very lenient uh punishments or very lax punishments on them. Um like, I mean, if you want if you want an example, like I mean there was fr- uh back in the nineties, uh the McDonalds Monopoly game um uh was there was a huge like corruption scheme and everyone was charged with fraud. Like hundreds of millions of dollars were were, uh, were wrongfully uh, acquired. And the most that anyone got was three years of prison.
0: Hmm. Well, back to the movie. Yeah, okay. Uh, one of the things that um, I really loved about this movie, this movie is so beautifully shot. Uh, one of the scenes that really sticks out in my mind um, is uh, towards the end when uh, it was the original housekeeper's husband. Right. Uh, the scene where he hits uh Kiwu with the... The stone. The stone. Uh, just like the way that that is all framed. Uh, like we see him just toss the stone back down at him again and then walk out. It's just framed which i'm not gonna lie i'm kind of happy that they
1: had that shot in there because the first shot of kiwu's uh uh slumped over body um on the floor with the blood coming out the blood looked very cgi it was like i was like mm, doesn't really look real and then they did that other shot i was like oh okay yeah that looks real that looks real we good
0: Hey guys, what's up? It's your old pal Ben. Y'all already know why I'm here. I'm here to hit you up with some announcements. Now, before I get into those, I do just want to say a quick thank you to each and every one of you who is listening. Honestly, there are a million better things you could be doing right now, so thank you. Uh, Now, if first of all, thank you for your support. Uh, If there is something else you'd like to do to support us, well, you're in luck. I've got plenty of ways that you can do that. The first, the easiest thing that you can do is what you're already doing just listen to us honestly that means the world to us that you take time out of your day to listen to us if you want to take it a step further share it with a friend share it with an acquaintance share it with your coworker who will not stop talking about movies unless it's one of us because we already know about it but yeah uh, go share it with people uh we also have some merch for sale on our website you can check us out at vidermediacom slash merch we've got some buttons we've got some stickers uh one other thing you can do you can check us out on patreon we've got some early access episodes we've got some other cool stuff uh you can check all that out at patreon.com slash now if you're wanting to support a specific show what you can do you can go onto the show page for uh whatever show it is that you're listening to on whatever pla- on whatever platform and leave us a rating and review that'll help us with the algorithm which in turn will help more people find us which is awesome Now, that's all I've got. Be sure to check out the other Vitamita products we've got going out. And y'all enjoy the rest of your week. Now let's get back to the show.
2: All the shots, the shots that I paid the most attention to were the ones of the big window in the park Mm -hmm. home. Because they film a lot of shots of that window from the inside looking out. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them from the outside looking in. And it always lingers. That was fascinating to me. Mm-hmm. And, and you've got this poor family all those times. It's a poor family looking in and out through that window. It's poor characters from the Kim family. Um, just seeing what it's like kind of on the other side of the fence, so to speak uh and and i feel like it maybe i'm imagining this but i feel like they lingered on that window an awful lot as uh the kim family or members of the kim family were looking through it from one side to the other i found that interesting
0: yeah no uh definitely
1: um kind of a similar uh not 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 a similar shot or anything elijah but something like somewhere that I think they did with a different shot is uh towards the end of the towards the end of the movie uh after spoiler alert for this movie um really should have said that in the beginning but also if you've been listening to this I was about to say show if you're listening for, to a
0: podcast about a film you, you assume that spoilers will be talked you about you should
1: know this thing's going to be like 45 to 50 minutes like I mean come on you, you know uh but uh, but anyway um there's a shot after Mr. Kim has stabbed Mr. Park um and he's walking away and it's really it's really interesting because the shot is from above and you can see the shadow of the house uh the shadow of the house merging with Mr. Kim's shadow and then his silhouette is perfectly like it's outlined like in the sun so i think it's i think it's very interesting because the way that i read that was um was i don't know if uh I don't know if y'all saw the movie us, uh, Jordan mm-hmm. Hills movie. Yep. I actually, um, haven't. Uh, he did something similar where he did an overhead shot of people walking against like a very bright background and just focused on their shadows walking across. And there he was like, this shows that, you know, this is a, this is an African American family or a black family, uh, surrounded by, uh, white America. Um, yeah, they they stick out like a sore thumb. Um, And and here, I read it and I was like, okay, that's kind of cool because Mr. Kim is literally fused with the darker, sort of grungier part of existence uh, while trying to stand out in the bright, uh, hopeful future of the upper class. And I was like, I'm probably reading into this, but... I liked it. I like that you're reading into it. <laughs> yeah.
0: I mean, I think there's a lot of stuff in this film that is very artistically done, whether intentionally or, you know, requiring you to read into it a little bit. Um, I think one thing is also the score. Like, the score flows with this movie. Honestly, I would say better than a lot of the movies that we've talked about on this podcast. Yeah. Uh, I. <sighs>
1: I don't mean to. I don't mean to like make the score something that we always talk about in a movie, but it's just good. It's really good. Um, and this one, this I think does what a really good score does. You kind of forget that it's there until it's highlighted um, in the movie. And I don't think this is true because I I'm ninety percent sure this is not the case. But I was listening to the score and I was like I was like man. I really hope that Bong Joon-ho like orchestrated this entire movie. I'm 99% sure he didn't, but I was like, I was like, you know, this is just so well done. I feel like I feel like he should have orchestrated it, um even though I'm, he did not. Yeah, I'm I'm very sure he did not. I think I think what it was is that you know, the excellence of this film and its score really just kind of made me harken back to another excellent uh filmmaker slash uh uh conductor uh creator of music you know the great composer. Tommy Wiseau um <laughs> composer yeah that's right that's I, right I'm
0: sorry uh did you really just compare Bong Joon-ho to Tommy Wiseau on my podcast no I'm saying that I wanted to but I realized I couldn't okay <laughs> <laughs> <Whew.
2: coughs> um so I uh I didn't really notice the score. I got to be honest. I'd have to watch it again. Um, I felt the score. It went inside. I felt it. It's in my soul, but I didn't really hear it with my ears. I didn't notice it that much.
1: <laughs> you felt it enter. It, it walked up. To, it walked up to the check-in desk of your soul and was like, "Hi, I'd like a room. I'd like a room for. I'd like a room for three hours. It's currently
2: um. occupying a bunker in case of an attack
0: from North Korea. Yep." I'm. I feel like that's what a a really good score does. Is like it. I mean, it's not just something like, oh yeah, that's some. Those are some catchy tunes, man. But like it. It sits with you and, like, you can feel it. Like, um, kind of like get you going. Like, it's not just like what they're saying. They're like the way that they're acting. Like the music is also like getting your blood pumping. Like this movie is a thriller. And the score, I think, very much reflects that. Yeah,
2: it's it's really good. It all works together as a cohesive whole really well. Yeah. Um, my weird comment about the bunker in case of North Korea attacking, that was my version of a segue. I hope you enjoyed that. Because I would like to talk about the plot of this movie and the okay. unpredictable turns that it takes. Now that's a segue. <laughs>
1: that was a segue. Okay, the so, thing uh... that you did earlier was just like, I obscure have no idea what you're to trying to I, Is it
2: really that obscure like, of a reference? I was not. like, yeah.
1: I don't know if this is an, if this is an obscure reference. I don't know if this is they him, him trying to be political for like right. 2 no, seconds. I don't know what this it's is. It's
2: really not that obscure of a reference. I mean, cuz you get halfway through the movie and this bunker is a pretty big deal.
0: Right. It is. That's it. And like, housekeeper I, says that uh, folks in South Korea have these We'll build these bunkers into their house too. Yeah, I
1: don't, I don't doubt that. I'm just saying, like you know, like I saw the movie, like I finished the movie like an hour ago, and I didn't think about that. I was like, I was like, wow, why did you try to make that kind of statement? Okay, no. okay, fine. No, let's, no, no, no. So what happens okay, is okay.
2: this movie once once this plot about the poor family infiltrating the uh, rich family's house through fraud once that really starts getting going. They switch it up on you. They well, add this twist you didn't see coming. So I'm watching it trying to figure out why it's called Parasite, right? And I'm like, okay, alright. So the, the Kim family, they infiltrate the Park family's house, and now in this scene they're squatting in the house and they're drinking their whiskey and all that stuff. I was like, alright, that that's it. They're there's this parasite. That they're squatting in the house and they're they're taking their stuff. Well it turns out <laughs> it's it's a little it's a little grosser than that. It's a little weirder than that. Cause The housekeeper that they got fired so that their mom could take her job shows up and says, I left something in the basement. Turns out it's a secret basement. Mm -hmm. It's a bunker in case North Korea attacks or loan sharks show up. And her husband has been hiding down there for over four years from loan sharks. Mm -hmm. And she's been smuggling him food to keep him alive in a bunker. He's been living in their house for over four years. Which, if you pay
0: attention, uh, they actually make reference to the food disappearing uh because Mr. Park is talking to um I think it's Mr. Kim um uh, about the housekeeper and he is talking about how oh yeah she was always perfect but she always ate so much like twice as much as a normal person would and well, like I only noticed that on my second viewing I thought that was so clever I, uh, I although she just... claimed
2: she paid for all the food anyway right. go ahead
0: I would just like
1: to say uh it was I don't know why I remember the exact Time, but it was four to, four years, three months, seventeen days. Wow. Okay. Yeah, because they say like uh, it's June now or something. Yeah, yeah I don't know why I remember exactly how long it's been, but yeah,
2: yeah. And and another, uh, I would say one of the most chilling parts of the movie is when the mother of the Park family is telling the story about when their son saw a ghost mm-hmm. a, uh, a few years ago, and they, of course, the way it's directed, you can see the eyes of the ghost pop out of that room. You know it's the old housekeeper's husband. Like You know it's him hiding down there. But still, it was so freaky to see that guy peek out of the room. Like I would have freaked out too. That was such a freaky (laughs) scene. Um, And it's literally, I mean, this man has been living in their house for years. Mm -hmm. And so at that point I'm thinking, okay, this is why the movie's called Parasite. (laughs) And now I'm still not even sure because they kept just, this movie was wild.
0: So I I think it's safe to say there are multiple parasites in this film. Yeah. I mean, I think one way you can even look at it is that, um, like, this movie deals a lot with classism. Like, I think you can, like, watch this movie and see it trying to make the argument that the upper class are the parasites in this film. Because, like, you've got, uh, essentially, I mean, you've got the Kim family who are... I don't know if you can classify them as traditional protagonists, but like they're the main people that you're following throughout the film, and you see like the struggles that they have, and like uh, for example with the uh, flood scene, uh, you see uh, the uh, Park family talking later. It's like, oh yeah, that rain was so great for us, and it was oh, so nice oh, yes. yes, to see. And like you see like this clear divide, and like from the point of view of the Parks, like. I think you could make the argument that the upper class in this situation is the parasite. That's cause, really good. Yeah. Thank you.
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it seems like that they're setting it up to where the lower class is the parasite on the upper class, specifically right. with the
0: dynamics between the the individual characters that we're setting Oh, no, I here. mean, I, I agree. I just, right. I think there are discussions to be had here, like different ways you can interpret it. Yeah,
2: that's good. I'm glad you you brought up that bit where... They talk about how good the rain was for them. Mm-hmm. And, it, you know, this is right after you see the scene where the rain has just totally devastated the Kim family's home and their entire neighborhood. Everybody, all their neighbors are sleeping in the gym because their houses are flooded. Mm-hmm. There's sewage everywhere. Uh, it was a disgusting, horrifying scene. And uh, then they go to the impromptu party at the Park family and they're like, isn't it a nice day? <laughs> mm-hmm. Dang. Yeah,
1: Um. I... <sighs> I think I think that's I think that's a very good read on it, Ben. And I think also I think this movie, you know, just in naming it, just in being called parasite. I mean, I think it kind of touches on the fact that there are different types of parasitic relationships because there are some uh, symbiotic parasitic relationships where a parasite will feed off of a host for long periods of time, but like the host will not recognize it. Um,
0: That's if you want to go that route. I think you could specifically say that Mr. Park is a parasite the way that he feeds off his family and specifically his wife because um, so uh, in the um, scene where uh, Mr. Kim is driving Mr. Park for the first time, they have that uh, conversation about his wife or sorry, this is after uh, the housekeeper has been fired. um, And he's talking about how his housekeeper or his wife isn't really well suited for housekeeping. And then he kind of makes the offhanded comment about like, yeah, but I love her. And do you see where I'm going with this? Or because I'm starting to lose my train of thought. But like, kind okay. of,
1: I honestly think you're stretching. Okay, and I, and I might be. I think you're stretching a lot. I mean, I get where you're coming from, but I do think you're stretching.
2: Okay.
0: That's that's fair. well,
2: it, it is clear that he doesn't really love his wife. Right. He loves his son. Right. Uh, but he doesn't really love his wife. Um, I don't even remember seeing him interact with his daughter. I mean, I feel like he just loves his son and his job. Oh, geez, now that you say that, I think you're right. Um, They did interact, but, like, nothing... I don't think they did, honestly. Honestly,
0: honestly, I'm not sure that they did. I don't think they do. Um, Um, And, like, honestly, the mom doesn't interact with the daughter that much. Like, there's there's the scene after they get back from the camping trip where um, she has uh, Mrs. Kim make the... um, Don and like she doesn't ask her if she wants any and like the only kind of interactions they have is like oh yeah uh can i call kevin to see if he can come to the impromptu like it just feels very surface level like she's trying to be an overprotective mother sometimes because like when kiwu first um is hired like she wants to sit in on that first lesson just to make sure that he's good but kind of after that the daughter becomes, I guess, more singular and doesn't really have many interactions with either of the parents.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I mean, I guess you're right.
0: Um, I don't know, it's just interesting to watch.
1: Yeah. Uh, the biggest thing that, like, for me, just kind of, like, came out this, like, you know, this whole, like, classism divide, you know, I think I think Elijah touched on it earlier with, you know, how they each interpret the... uh how they each interpret the the rain or the flood, semi-flood.
0: Well, Ben brought
2: that
1: up, or Ben brought that up. I'm sorry. Uh, you know, you know, there are three of us. It's hard to keep track of yeah. who says what. Well. <laughs> yeah, um,
0: yeah, that's okay, Elijah.
1: Yeah, uh, but uh, oh, but shut anyway, shut up, Tristan. I gotta I gotta shut up, Tristan.
2: <laughs>
1: I, you know, I
0: uh,
1: I <laughs> thought that. Uh, no, I thought I thought the biggest example of classism for me was just was just the feeling of you know it must be nice to have zero cares in the world to have zero worries in the world because that is the parks like that's that's the interesting thing to me is the fact that they come they come from a state of like such blissful ignorance um Say that too. where where the only time that they notice a problem with something is when it mildly inconveniences their enjoyment of something. Because, you know, you have Mr. Park who says that, you know, he just, like, he loves the way that Mr. Kim drives. He just doesn't like the way that he smells.
0: Um, like, he gets really close to crossing the line, but the smell is what crosses the line yeah. for him.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And even, and I was going to talk about this scene a little bit, but, uh, you
2: know, the when uh, the old housekeeper's husband, the ghost, Comes out and commits murder in front of everybody at the birthday party. And uh, <laughs> Mr. Park turns his body over because he's after the car keys mm-hmm. and it takes the time to wrinkle his nose at the smell of this guy. But also, uh, in that same
1: scene, Mr. Park sees uh, the Kim's daughter uh, get stabbed and sees Mr. Kim go to her aid and says, What are you doing? Come and drive us to the hospital right um it's that point of like even at that point they still believe that they are they are close to the same class level but he still is like there still is a divide here where i am still over you i will
0: say i i'm not going to sit here and defend the way that mr park handles that situation but it is also important to remember that like his son had a full-on seizure and it was, like, they specifically mentioned that, like, you've got 15 minutes to right. get to the hospital That's in true. order to save him.
2: I mean, there were um, at least three <laughs> lives on the line in that scene. Right, uh, right. Definitely more than three, I mean. Um, But, like, three people who are in critical con- condition or dead
0: mm-hmm. by the time, you know, he's asking for the car key. So that does make sense. So I think it's kind of an impossible situation to... Like necessarily say that he was in the wrong. Um, I mean, I I think you're right. Yeah. Like him, like trying to, because like you also have to remember, like he doesn't know that that is Mister. K's yeah. daughter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like as far as he's concerned, that is um his son's art therapist, and her life isn't that important,
1: right? But I mean, like that's, certainly not that's as what, important
0: as his sons.
1: That's what I'm getting at is that at that point, at that point in the movie, you know, regardless of regardless of like. The way in which the uh, the son's life is in danger, like we have been conditioned to believe that, uh, we've been conditioned to believe that, you know, the reason he thinks that Mister Kim should give should come and drive is because he said so. Absolutely,
2: yeah. Even I mean, right before that, he's he's insisting to Mister Kim. That he's working right now you know mm-hmm. consider this your work but i was gonna bring that scene up too because that was the other obviously the other big shocker in the scene like when uh ghost man comes out from the from the bunker um and goes postal i mean it starts when um the son what's his name kiwu kiwu he he goes down to the bunker with the stone i thought he was gonna try to kill them with the stone mm-hmm. i think that's what he's doing right that's the way I interpreted that. But scene. then that he he screws that up for sure, and uh, Ghost Man comes out and and uh, Wax him tries to kill him. I thought for sure he was dead. He ends up in a coma. Anyway, then he goes to the birthday party and stabs. What's the sister's name? Ki Jung. Uh, Ki Jung. Yeah. Yeah. Stabs her and uh, and and just all hell breaks loose. It's totally chaotic. Mm-hmm. So that was you know that was shocking enough. But I knew I was watching a thriller. And then the really shocking thing happened. Where freaking Mr. Kim decides to give up on trying to save his daughter for a second, to take a little moment out of that busy schedule to stab Mr. Park and kill him as if there hasn't been enough bloodshed. He just, in a moment, c- commits a crime of passion, like he just can't take it anymore, and stabs
0: Mr. Park. I did not see that coming. Yeah, and like you, like the way it's shot, like you see him kind of go through like a whole range of emotion through because like you see him like uh he sees mr uh park kind of like wrinkle his nose reminds him oh yeah he hates how i smell and like you see him pick up the knife and stab him and then almost immediately he's like oh crap why did i just do that and books it yeah um and then his daughter dies right (laughs) Um, and he's not
2: even there to mourn with the family yeah yeah He ends up hiding in the nuclear bunker that was recently vacated by Ghost Man. Can't remember his name. Um, Ed would butcher the pronunciation. But, uh, yeah, so he ends up living in the nuclear bunker at the end of the story. Didn't see that coming. Incredible. Mm -hmm. And they sell the house to a German family who doesn't know about the grisly incident that happened. And then Mr. Kim ends up being a parasite on them. Uh Creeping up out of that bunker to steal food out of their
0: refrigerator. (laughs) Until wow. uh, potentially uh, Kiwu makes enough money to buy the house for himself, which is not happening, right?
2: Did you guys like the ending?
0: I, I really like the ending. I did too.
2: Yeah, I like it. Um... I mean, I like it in a way that I hate it and the world, but like it was really well done, <laughs> right?
0: Because I mean, like they set you up thinking, like because they show you like uh, the progression of like uh, Kiwu getting the money and like being able to buy the house. And reuniting with his father. And then you cut back to him writing the letter to his dad. Which, like, you also have to remember, like, how is he even going to communicate this letter to his dad in the bunker underneath the house?
2: Oh, yeah. He can't. There's no way he can get it to him. I mean, (laughs) he would have to, like, infiltrate the house and put it on the fridge, you know? Like, there's no way he can get that letter to him. And there's almost no way that he can make enough money to do what he says he's going to do. I mean... It's all empty. Right. Like, it's over. It's a false hope. Yeah. Uh, very sad ending and very well done, I think.
0: Which I feel like you can also tie back to the classism in the film. Because, uh, like, traditionally, like, you've got individuals who are in a lower class who... It's not easy for them to, like, as the generations continue to get out of that. Like... Right. I mean, you're they're sitting in... I
2: mean I don't I don't want to make assumptions. I don't know about this family mm-hmm. except for what we saw in the movie, but you know, you're dealing if you're dealing with things like generational poverty, you know, things like that and I don't I also don't know exactly what the income gap is like in Korea, right. you know. I know more what it's like in my own country. But uh you can't it's it's very very difficult to just pull oneself out of one's economic situation right right you know it's that's not a, impossible but it's a, it's a pretty once in a, a one in a million
1: thing right so i think one of the biggest things that we can discuss about this movie is this movie sort of is entering the uh is sort of entering pop culture as entering like the public consciousness uh, for a lot of really great reasons and a lot of really uh, groundbreaking reasons. Probably the biggest of which is this is the first non-English spoken, uh, non yeah non-English film uh, to win Best Picture at the Oscars, um, and then also to win sort of like the big the the best director best screenplay best uh cinematography uh, it didn't we keep saying that um and then best picture at the oscars um and you know we each sort of uh we each watched a good number of the uh, a number of the films that were nominated it actually for best was not even nominated
0: for best cinematography it wasn't
1: and i said that at the top of the podcast i just forgot it um but uh, but I think I think you know the Oscars are always sort of shrouded in quote unquote controversy where people say the best films actually aren't actually aren't the ones that win yeah yeah yada. But this is my question: Do you believe that this is the be- that this was the best film made in 2019? Do you believe that
0: it deserved the Oscar for Best Picture? So I'm actually in an interesting position here. You are because of the three of us, I'm the one that saw the most films that were nominated for best picture that's true uh for reference the films that were nominated were ford vs ferrari the irishman jojo rabbit joker little women marriage story 1917 once upon a Ta- blah, 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 once upon a time in hollywood and parasite i saw let's see one two three four five six of those out of the nine and i think elijah you saw i've
2: seen three counting parasite and there are really only a couple others on the list I'm interested in. Can I just say some of these movies strike me as really boring? <laughs> anyway, how many did you see, Doug? I saw this
1: 1917 and Joker. Joker. Wow. Okay. Yeah, now, I'm sorry. One of the I, ones
2: one of the ones that I saw was The Joker.
0: And just I think we can all agree that that should not have won.
2: I yeah. That okay. movie should not have won. Joaquin should have won for best actor.
1: Okay, yeah. But that should not have
2: won. Yeah, I agree. Like the movie was worth seeing, but it wasn't that good. You know what I mean? Right. I have saw Little Women, and I adore that movie. So I was really rooting for Little Women to pull through on this.
0: This is an argument for another time. I am going to disagree with you about Joaquin winning for Joker.
2: What do you think? You for won? best
0: actor, uh, Adam Driver in Marriage Story.
1: Yeah, I am mean, going to disagree. I've even i've seen i've seen i've seen bits and pieces of of him oh, in that movie. I it think though. it's phenomenal. I think it's phenomenal, but no, I, I think I think Joaquin. I also, think Joaquin hear me did out.
0: An, a, a phenomenal job. And like I said, this is an argument for another time. But my pick would be Adam Driver and Marriage uh, Story.
1: Okay, again, this can be an argument for another time, but I am just going to say... But we're going to keep having this argument here. You know, just saying, like, you know, I, I for one, am not a fan of the politics of, uh, of m- m- film awards and things like that. And, you know, I know that Joaquin Phoenix is really not a fan of it. But by the time the Oscars came around, he had already done, like, a sweep of all the other awards. So, I mean... It was kind of like, you kind of need to, buddy. Right.
2: So as to whether Parasite deserved this accolade or not.
0: Yes. uh, So in my, like the movies, the ones that I saw, um, personally, I really like Jojo Rabbit. Uh, I understand why it did not win Best Picture. Um, It was a very controversial film. Uh, Joker, yeah, that shouldn't have. uh, Hot take, I don't think it should have been nominated, but... Yeah, um, I don't
1: think it should have been nominated for best picture. Personally, personally, if I had to guess, and I know that I haven't seen this movie, but I think it should have either been this or Marriage Story. Um, just see, I wouldn't say seen, either just, this
0: or Marriage Story, really, because like I loved Marriage Story, um, and I I do think it was one of the best films of 2019. Um, but I think both Parasite and 1917 were better. Okay. So I was going to say between this and 1917. So
2: Marriage Story, 1917, and Jojo Rabbit are the ones on the list that I haven't seen that I really want to see. Uh, Little Women I loved, and like just based on you know, my personal taste and how much these movies made me feel, like 1 to 100 rating, oh, hey, don't start a, with
0: me. If you want a movie that makes you feel, you're going to love okay, Marriage I, Story. Okay, I will see that eventually. Because that movie will make you feel but, all sorts of things. Has Tristan saying that? I, I think so.
1: I imagine
0: he would love it. Oh, yeah. 1 to 100, I
2: would put Little Women higher than Parasite. Mm-hmm. But Parasite uh, has a lot going for it. And in my opinion, I think the, the the thing that I just can't stop thinking about with this movie is how unpredictable the plot turned out to right. be. They switched it up on you a couple of times in, in pretty big ways. Mm-hmm. That, uh, I don't, I mean... This stands alone a little bit in movies, I think.
0: I think also the way that this film tackles uh, classism and, like, Thorin, like, the way that it's shot, the uh, score throughout the music, the acting, the direct, every... Like, I said this at the beginning of this episode, I love every single thing about this movie. Yeah. Like, I think it is single-handedly one of the best films ever. So, okay... I like just want, it, it is on my top ten list.
1: I I agree that it's that it's a phenomenal move from start to finish. Uh, getting into this whole debate of like what about what deserves the best Oscar, I think that I think that the reason that this kind of deserves best picture, again, I know that I've seen very few movies that were nominated, but I think one of the biggest reasons that this deserves best picture over nineteen seventeen, which I saw with you, Ben, um, I don't know what it is but 1917 falls into the same category of of uh Birdman where I watched it and I was like this is an undeniably phenomenal movie but like I don't see this being like the best like it's a phenomenal movie I think the reason that this stands out as being the best is because honestly is because I watched it and I was like there's if you come into it cold not knowing anything about its reputation or whatever this movie has so much more to surprise you with 1917 within like 5 minutes you're like this is going to be a great movie this movie it's a slow build until until you just get that watershed moment of Oh crap, this is phenomenal. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah. Uh, and I mean, I agree. I think um looking at both films, I think Parasite is more of a groundbreaking film than 1917 because I I think 1917 is absolutely groundbreaking and um is one of the most beautifully shot films I've ever seen. Um but at the end of the day, it's another war film that we've we, we've seen more films. We've seen Films where you've got this character who has to go through the battlefield to deliver a message, and it, it's been done before. I think they do a really good job with it, and I think it absolutely deserved to be nominated, but you don't have that same kind of groundbreaking like you have with Parasite. I've never seen anything like Parasite before.
1: Yeah, the the thing that keeps coming up for me is, like, when you watch 1917, what are you actually nominating for Best Picture? Are you nominating the movie as a whole, or are you nominating the cinematography? It's fine if you nominate it just for the cinematography, but, like...
2: There's a category for that, right?
1: There is, and it won. So, but, yeah, um, you,
2: you make a good point.
1: Uh, yeah. And you're right, you're right, we have seen other war movies. Have we seen other war movies that throw in, like, every noteworthy British actor in existence? <laughs> Probably not, but still, we I mean, have seen other war movies. I mean, the first
0: film that came to my mind of films it would compare to was Saving Private Ryan. Same. Which I think is a valid comparison.
1: Yeah, and that just has every noteworthy American actor
0: right. all the time. Right, <laughs> But But no, I, I think Parasite was more than deserving to win oh 100 percent like i remember um like some of us got together and watched the oscars and we were like yeah there's no way parasites gonna win it
1: was funny watching like the evolution of that night because right. it was like very beginning very beginning oh well you know it was nice that it got nominated oh well that's
0: yeah, it's, well, it, it's know, gonna win foreign film so it's not going to win it,
1: it'll win best no. foreign film yeah 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 so,
0: okay. Bong well, won know, it's like okay best directors like okay yeah that's just, no it's just like a consolation prize they're not that's gonna fair. that's fair and then
1: by the time they did like best actor and everything and i was and i wrote down uh 1917 for a lot more categories they just lost and i was like think parasite might win yeah also i think by that point we were like we want to see how much is he gonna drink now
0: (laughs) but uh uh Definitely, definitely deserved it.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: Let's score the movie. So, th- if this is your first time uh, listening to us, we have a one to one hundred point scale. You can kind of think of it like an American grade scale. You know, ABCDF. A uh, hundred means it is a perfect movie; it literally has zero flaws. And a one means it is a steaming pile of turds. So, who wants to go first? I will.
1: I I don't know what you scores are, but I think I might have the lowest score. Um, this is a genuinely phenomenal movie. Um, And in comparing it with, I think, the other genuinely phenomenal movie that we've reviewed on this uh, podcast so far, I think I'm going to match scores. I think I'm going to give this an 85. An 85? An 85. I'm pretty sure you gave
2: Spider-Verse higher higher than that. I think I gave it an 85. Oh, did you?
1: Yeah. Um, But Spider-Verse is the one that I'm... Yes. That I'm comparing it to.
2: Okay, well, I was actually going to give it an 87. Um, and, I, you know, even riding the high from it, I'm just not ready to say that, it, that I think it's one of the greatest films ever made. Maybe I'll feel differently after a second viewing. But it is really good and really interesting. And I am I am still kind of riding a high from it. Uh, it did things that I did not expect and that I've never seen in a movie. Check this out. I was looking at the Wikipedia page. It says, Writing for the New York Times, A.O. Scott described the film as wildly entertaining, the kind of smart, generous, aesthetically energized movie that obliterates the tired distinctions between art films and popcorn movies.
0: Whoa!
2: I think that's true. This movie does kind of ride the line between art film and popcorn movie in a really satisfying way. I feel like it's hard not to enjoy it. But I'm not ready to give it an A yet, so
0: 87 well, I'm going to put both the y'all scores out of the water. Can I guess what it is? Sure. I think you're going to give it a 96. You were spot on. I'm giving this a 96. Wow. Um, I was kind of somewhere between a, a 95 and a 98. Um <coughs> I mean, I'll be honest, I think this is one of the greatest movies that has ever been made. It is one of my favorite movies of all time. I was actually telling them while we were figuring out our scores. Coming into tonight, uh, it was at number 8 on my top 10 list. It has since moved up to number 4. I love this movie. It is simply amazing. Uh, After plugging that into the scoreometer, Doug, it's good to have you back for that. Um, I have a final score of 89.3. Which I guess I have to live with. Um it's still a phenomenal movie. It's very and, high V. Right. Uh I might be wrong, but I think that's our highest rated movie thus far. I don't think it is. It's uh, probably how to train your dragon. I don't remember I that. think how to train your Dragon, one of the
1: how to trains. Maybe is I don't know.
0: Um anyway, uh phenomenal film. Uh, we're not watching a phenomenal film next week. No, we're not.
1: And it's not going to be a phenomenal movie. But it's better than a turns. No, it's not. No, it's... I don't think it is. (laughs) I don't think it is. If I remember that movie correctly, which I'm pretty sure I do, I don't think this movie's going to be good. Well, for
2: what it's worth, I've seen the movie like nine times and I (laughs) I just didn't get tired of it. I'll probably feel tired of it after seeing it as an adult.
1: Hey, well, Elijah, I got a question. Instead of just uh, vaguely (laughs) referencing this movie, what movie are we watching
0: next week? It's the all-time classic osmosis jones i'm not ready for this but i'm okay. so ready for this uh, i remember i recommended this film because i thought it would be a fun fever dream similar to when we did kangaroo jack on some tricks you talk about movies but i think this is going to be more of a forgetful mess like when we did
1: the road to el dorado on some jerks who talk about movies.
0: Well, we'll find out
1: one way or another, now, won't we? And I think, um, I think Tristan is going to really
0: like it. Um, oh no, I think Tristan's gonna
1: hate it. I. All right, real quick. Placing uh, bets. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Hey, look, can we do? Can we plug a uh, social media poll? Uh, once this episode drops, uh, let us know. Do you think that Tristan's going to love or hate? <laughs> <laughs> Osmosis Jones. If you think that Tristan Webb will give this movie above a seventy five, above a seventy five, then he loves it. Uh less no. And if you think he's gonna give it below a seventy five, less no.
2: Yeah,
0: I'm gonna say under. Yeah, I'm definitely gonna say it. So I'm should sure. we go lower? No, I I mean, I'm good with seventy five. I'm good with seventy five, I think. Okay. All right, yeah. Osmosis Jones is also about parasites. <laughs> I wanna say that now. <laughs> <laughs> dear lord oh man that's a mess uh anyway be sure to keep up with all things vider media on Vitermedia.com. you can check us out on social media it's at vider media and wherever podcasts can be found but until next week i'm ben i'm doug i'm elijah and this has been setting the skein y'all have a great week